Podcast. Ho-ho! Hello and welcome to the Gloucester Vineyard Church weekly podcast. We're creating a community that brings hope and joy to Gloucestershire and we're thrilled that you've downloaded this message. We hope this message meets you where you're at and provokes some thoughts to help you grow in your current situation. So without further ado, let's dive into this week's message. Okay, so the last couple of weeks we've been doing a little series called Doing the Stuff. Emily kicked us off a couple of weeks ago doing a talk about the kind of theology, the understanding behind how and why we can do the miraculous things that Jesus did. Uh, If you missed that talk, oh my goodness, go back and listen to it. Um, Actually, I did want to do something really quickly. Emily, I'm going to embarrass you. Could you stand up for a moment? So um, you will all hopefully know that Emily and I are both leaders of this church uh, equally. And there are times when different ones of us have to uh, take the lead and step up uh, and lead the other one. I've been led and pastored and discipled by Emily this week. Um, And I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, we are so blessed to have Emily at the helm of this church. She is such an extraordinary church leader. Um, she brings such a level of wisdom with her. No, don't sit down. I haven't finished yet. She brings wisdom with her, but the, what Emily does above all else is she has created cultures in this church which you don't find elsewhere. Um, and I think Emily is absolutely wonderful, and we are so blessed to have her. I've, she's really discipled me this week. We've had some tough conversations, and Emily has led me so effectively. And I just want to say thank you. And guys, can we give her a round of applause? Because she is actually absolutely extraordinary that's going in the podcast okay so like I was saying we are doing a talk on doing the stuff we are talking about uh, the miraculous things that Jesus did and how we can do them too Uh, listen to Emily's talk from the podcast because it was absolutely brilliant Oh yes, the other thing I was going to say, I'm going to be very distracted this morning. So we've had COVID in our household for the last week. And so basically it's been a case of looking after the kiddos in the day and trying to cram as much work as possible into the evenings. So a few things have gone slightly by the wayside this week, this talk being one of them. And last night I had the choice. I went to a, uh, I'm doing a theology course at the moment and I was up in Manchester yesterday. I came back last night and I had a choice between sitting down and finishing this talk or sitting down with my wife and drinking red wine. And I think you'll agree that I I did the right thing by enjoying my wife's company and some red wine. So please forgive me if this is slightly ropey around the edges, but I think you can all agree I made the right choice. Um, but anyway, it's going to be very like this this morning. Um, so we're talking about doing the stuff, and today we're going to be talking about healing. But of course, it wouldn't be Gloucester Vineyard Church if we didn't start with a game. So everybody get up on your feet. We're going to do a really quick one. So here we are. This green line in the middle is the dividing line, okay? And I would like you to position yourselves according to this green line on where you stand on the following things. So if you are a person who is pro-Marmite, I would like you on this side. If you are a person who is anti-Marmite, can I ask you to go on this side? be an interesting bit of demographic research. So it's pro-Marmite and anti-Marmite. I love your thinking. Love your thinking. So there's a couple of people who are on the fence. I don't know how you can be on the fence about Marmite. 
I, I met a guy this weekend who, apparently, no word of a lie, only ate uh, Marmite on white toast from the age of nothing until 17 years old. The only, the only thing that motivated him to stop eating Marmite was the fact that apparently he figured out that no girls would be interested in him if he only ate Marmite, and so he started eating everything else. 17 years of just Marmite on toast. Can you imagine? Okay, let's do another one. Coriander. Pro-coriander, anti-coriander. This splits a room normally. Oh, look at this. We're a pro-coriander church. Come on. Well done, everybody. Very good. Okay. Here's a slightly controversial one. Pro-James Bond, anti-James Bond. Oh, we have a couple of haters. A couple of haters in the room. It, I mean, there's a pretty misogynistic vibe going on there. So, I mean, everyone's pretty borderline on James Bond. This is very, very interesting. Okay, here we go. This one separates the wheat from the chaff. Brussels sprouts, pro-Brussels sprouts, anti-Brussels sprouts. Yeah, but anything with bacon makes it taste good. I love it. So pro, you're all the way over there. Yeah, no, I'm in this camp for sure. Okay, let's do a couple more. Uh, Brexit, pro-Brexit. No, we're not going to do that one. Don't do that one. Don't do that one. Okay, we'll do one that's slightly less political. Let's go meat consumption. Pro-eating meat, anti-eating meat. Oh, there's a couple of people on the line. Yeah, very good. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. Okay, very good. Thanks, guys. Well done, Claire. You're absolutely... We're all with you, except for we're all hypocrites, basically. We all agree with you, but we just like the taste too much. Blue cheese. That's a great one, Hannah. Okay, let's do blue cheese. Who's pro-blue cheese and anti-blue cheese? Oh, that is a great one. Almost a 50-50 split. Oh, yes, Mumbles is very blue cheese pro. Very good. Okay, right, let's go and sit back down again. So, a couple of weeks ago, we played a game, didn't we, if you were here, with some slips of paper. And what I asked you guys to do, what Emily asked you to do, in fact, was to uh, rank those miracles of Jesus that we saw in order of, like, most likely to happen to least likely to happen, if anyone remembers doing that. Um, and uh, there was things like m multiplying food and walking on water and praying for healing and hearing, hearing from God and stuff. And the reason we played that game there, where we kind of went backwards and forwards, is that there was a line in the middle. And when we're talking about Jesus' miracles, from my observation, the line in the middle of whether you kind of believe in some of the stuff or not some of the other stuff is healing. Like, if you believe that people can be healed in this day and age, it tends to be that all of the other stuff, like praying for people to be raised from the dead, or casting out demons, or any of that more, like those kind of more, most unlikely things to happen, that stuff's up for grabs. But if you don't believe that healing happens, then everything is kind of on this side, and it's like, yes, I believe that maybe we could hear from God, but that everything is like beyond healing. Healing seems to be like this line in the sand. It seems to be kind of like a kind of hurdle for us to get over. Um, and so what we're going to do really, really quickly before we go any further is on our tables, we're just going to have a really quick discussion, like where do we stand on the idea of healing? On the idea of somebody walking in here with cancer or with a broken leg or with something else that we could pray for that person and that they could be instantly and miraculously healed by the power of God. Okay? Pretty uh, contentious thing. So what we're going to do is really quickly, thumbs up, thumbs in the middle, like maybe thumbs down. So maybe take one or two minutes and just quickly discuss that on your tables and then we'll come back. Okie dokie. So some stories being shared around the room. That's really cool. Um, so just give me a real quick like th 
thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle of like, where are we at with this? What do we think? We've got some middles, we've got some middles, we've got a couple of thumbs up, some wiggly thumb middles. Yeah, that's kind of what I, what I thought might be the case. Oh, I like your like, that's a good 45 degree angle you've got going on there. It's very, very convincing. Um, so I'm just really aware that on any given Sunday, as I said earlier on, there, we expect that there are people in the room who are exploring faith. And it might well be that you've actually never heard of this idea that Christians do actually believe some Christians do believe that people can be instantly and miraculously healed. That might be something that's completely new to you. And that, if that's the case, then I'm really pleased you're here this morning. This can be a really interesting, hopefully, um, uh, example of, of why some Christians believe that. Um, and we are going to do a little bit of a workshop today. We're going to be talking about how we pray for people for healing. But I just want to emphasize right at the very beginning that if you're uncomfortable or you don't want to take part in any of this, that is absolutely fine. If you want to spectate, if you want to watch, then that is totally fine. No one is going to ask you to do anything that you don't want to do. Um, but that is what we're going to do. Um, and so, so for me personally, I would probably say I'm kind of, I'm with Becca on this. I'm like a kind of 45 degree. Yeah, I believe it. I can't say I've seen a whole bunch of it, but I definitely believe that it, it can happen. Um, but when I start, when I think about healing, I tend to think like, especially when you hear like religious groups talking about healing, I think about like phases of the moon and some crystals being involved. And so like, for me, there's like that kind of, there's a little bit of a rational barrier that goes in because it's not something that I see every day of my life. I don't see people being miraculously healed every day. Now, I actually believe that that's because I'm not asking for it. Um, however, it's not something that I see all the time. And, and there is a rational barrier for me that I struggle to get over. Um, so I thought what we would do to kick us off this morning is that we would listen to two very rational people who are healthcare professionals uh, about how they feel about healing because obviously um, they are in the profession of bringing people back to health and they do that through medicine. Um, so I've asked uh, Emily and Jemima to record a really quick conversation earlier in the week um, about what they think uh, about healing and we're going to listen in on their conversation now. Hi, I'm Jemima. I'm a junior doctor currently working in a GP surgery in Gloucester. Before that, I worked in Gloucester Royal Hospital across various medical and surgical wards. And prior to that, I trained in hospitals all across Wales. Um, and I'm Emily. I've been a nurse for about 10 years now. Um, I started in critical care for a couple of years. I've worked in the community as a district nurse um, for a number of years. And I'm now working as a practice nurse in a GP surgery in Cheltenham. Um, so Jemima, Daniel's been talking about healing this morning um, and we're both obviously medical professionals, we're in the medicine business. Um, I just wondered if you could give us a bit of an insight into your experience of healing um, and I don't know why you believe what you believe. <laughs> Absolutely. So do I believe people can be healed? Yes, obviously I wouldn't be in my job otherwise. Yeah. Um, I have 100% seen people instantly and over time healed through both the power of medicine and through the power of prayer. I've seen prayer heal people over a long time and I've seen prayer heal people instantly, much the same as I have in medicine. But why do I believe that? Mm. I guess, you know, I believe it because I've seen it. I've seen it many, many times. I've seen it in um, churches. I've seen it in the street. I've seen it in home groups. I've seen it in hospital. Um, but more than that, I believe it because I've read it in the Bible to be true. The Bible says that people can be healed and I believe the Bible is true. Jesus says it's true. You know, Jesus did it in the Bible. There's endless stories of Jesus healing people in the Bible, healing them physically, you know, making blind men see and lame men walk. It's, you know, there's so many stories and the disciples did it too. Um, and so I believe it because Jesus tells us it's true. Jesus tells us we can do it. And I've seen it. 
How about you? I was going to say, it's kind of crazy, though. Like, you're talking about, like, blind men seeing and lame Mm. walking. Like, Mm. that's just not something that we see and in kind of Western 21st century. Like, I just find that Mm. kind of kind of crazy to get my head around especially Mm. as like a a healthcare professional as well I think Mm. you know when we have Mm. kind of our processes and our protocols of like when someone comes in presenting like this then these are the things that we check first and Mm -hmm. it kind of um kind of blows your boxes a little bit to think that people that I guess like when when Jesus healed people then he'd go from they are presenting in this way to and now they're not rather than mm. like and now it's amazing yeah it's kind of yeah it, it's baffling and uh, um i think it's also easy to be like oh it happened then but like i've heard stories like first hand of that happening in the last five years like blind men seeing like it's not just something that happened in jesus's time like happens now i mean isn't that crazy mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. so awesome but I think Daniel will probably be chatting about this a bit later. I hope, Daniel. Um, (laughs) But uh, we just, I guess, just wanted to highlight that idea of some people getting healed and sometimes people not being healed. Like, Mm. sometimes we see um, in prayer, you know, I think many of us can probably relate to the doubt that we might have if we're praying for someone. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just kind of wanted to highlight that within medicine as well I think um I don't know about you Jemima but I've certainly found that to be true of medicine as true of medicine as it is absolutely of like sometimes people get healed through medicine and sometimes they don't I think we often I mean tell us if we're wrong people but I've often experienced patients and family members coming in expecting this kind of uh miracle drug I suppose mm-hmm. being like so I feel like this and um you can give me the cure and I will instantly be healed um and I've just witnessed that in medicine that sometimes doesn't happen as well even if we're doing all the right things and ticking all the boxes and going through the protocols of like this should be happening therefore we do this and we respond in that way um and I just find it a really interesting parallel to say that um in prayer we talk about sometimes people are healed and sometimes people are not but we also talk about that within medicine as well Mm. um and I think that that's often not spoken about because Mm. that's what our jobs are like Mm. (laughs) that's what we're uncomfortable and it's it's really hard like we see the reality of medicines not working and Mm. we see the reality of prayer not working and it's really hard it is Um, I think you know, just because it doesn't always work, it doesn't mean it doesn't sometimes work. And, you know, like medicines don't always work, but they often do, which is why like I've dedicated my life to learning science and applying science because it does often work. I think the same is true of prayer. Like I think sometimes you can have like one like bad experience and that one person wasn't healed that one time. Mm. Um, but actually prayer often does work. And maybe we need to like have that kind of perspective of prayer as well. I really like what you just said there about um, dedicating your life to it. Like this idea of if we Mm. know something can work and it will Mm. help people be free Mm. of whatever is ailing them or whatever, then maybe we should, I really like what you said there, like maybe we should be considering dedicating our life to putting it into practice. Like, like, 
doctors do medicine like mm. Mm, that is mm. interesting to me um get praying. yeah <laughs> I know right? um, but I think but I think that this is really interesting I just like thinking back to what you were saying about why do we believe that people can instantly be here mm. especially as scientific minds who have learned the science behind a lot of body and healing stuff mm. um and um I haven't I think we've been chatting a bit about our like experiences and what we've witnessed and stuff and from what I understand you've seen a lot more instant miraculous healing through the power of prayer than I have and I think this is a really interesting one because I still believe that it can happen I have seen a few mm. um but um I think that it probably comes from uh the fact that I I trust Jesus in a wider sense of like mm. um I've seen Jesus working in other ways and I've seen um uh I've like read about Jesus's life and experienced that I guess for myself and so when I have those like doubts of like can can miraculous healings happen through prayer um I guess I have to, I often have to fall back on my trust of of like the greater story of Jesus mm, actually like mm. I trust Jesus in other areas so why wouldn't I trust Jesus when he says that we will go on to do greater things even then mm. like yeah. yeah I think it's kind of like someone wants them to me that you know like if you if you believe God made the world then I feel like a broken arm isn't going to be a problem for him and that really made me think because I was like well yeah like you're saying like if you trust God is all powerful then why is like your one healing going to be trouble like it's in the context of a all loving God who loves to give us good gifts and he gives us the power of the Holy Spirit like mm. it's the context isn't it yeah absolutely so true um just to end can you give us so I just touched on the fact that you've seen a few of these and you've mentioned them earlier can you give us an mm. example of when you have seen um can you give us two examples because <laughs> stories um, of when you have seen um miraculous healing through prayer mm-hmm. yeah absolutely you know um Jesus loved to tell stories because stories have power and um, stories have power now like isn't mm. it amazing to share these stories and um, so just a couple that kind of came to mind as I was thinking about this um, little chat um, I had a friend who I was, um, was at Soul Survivor and we were praying for her and she was a friend that had really suffered with her mental health for a long, long time. Um, and over the period of kind of anxiety and depression, she'd put a lot of um, scars on her arms from self-harm. And she kind of emotionally and um, medically kind of got over the episode of depression, but these scars on her arm were kind of really difficult for her to deal with. And we just prayed um, and we prayed a few times and by the end of the evening her arms were just completely clean um, and she didn't have any scars and it was just you know that is absolutely miraculous what, instantaneous healing and what like what a beautiful like picture of God's heart for us that mm-hmm. you, like you said she was she was mentally emotionally well and mm-hmm. that was the that was kind of the root of her physical scars mm. And yet God went, even though the root of it is mended or well, mm-hmm. I'm still going to go above and beyond to mm. kind of release you from that. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Yeah. Um, and like, one of my other, mm. um, I guess, like, favourite stories of Royal Alves, um was a friend of mine from a church back home, and he'd been away at university and had got really sick. 
and he um, had been put on an intubator in intensive care. He had meningitis and the doctors told his parents that he was going to die um, and that they needed to kind of, you know, Hmm. withdraw the life support effectively and they sent a message to our church back home and the church gathered um, and we literally just met up in the church it was freezing cold in the middle of winter um, and we just prayed and we prayed for several hours for this boy and at the end of the prayer meeting at the exact time as the prayer meeting finished this boy um, got hold of the intubator um, tubing and he pulled it out of his mouth and he went on to make a full recovery and to pray, play professional football which you know Maybe. that is the power of prayer like I've been on intensive care units and I've seen people die of meningitis it's horrible mm-hmm. um, but prayer made a difference mm-hmm. um, and you know God healed that friend of mine and um, prayer is so powerful Absolutely. I was just um, reminded of a time, similar situation. We had, um, we were in a church in Southampton and um, there was a young mum who had a brain aneurysm. um, Mm. And so um, a massive bleed on her brain that kind of came out of nowhere, couldn't be predicted. And um, there was nothing that she could have done lifestyle. Like it was, there was no cause for it Mm. just um, Mm. happening and um she was in hospital for a few days and it it came to a point where she um they said right we're gonna withdraw all treatment now you need to come and say goodbye she was on palliative care hadn't um had any food or fluids for a a day or two um and we had a similar prayer meeting where the church gathered and we just cried out to be like god you need to intervene here Mm. um she's a young mom like They've got a little one-year-old boy and all of this. Um, And um, over the course of the next few days, she crucially didn't die and actually um, started waking up, started Mm -hmm. communicating as best she could. Um, And actually, it's been a really, it's it's a continual road of recovery, but that Mm. point of turning where, um, where this world, I guess, kind of said, that's it for you now. And... Mm we prayed and God intervened and brought her back from the brink of death into life where she can watch her son grow and join with her husband Mm. in life as well. And I just think, yeah, the power of prayer. It's amazing. Mm. It's just awesome. Yeah, absolutely. And Mm. yes, there are loads of questions and loads of doubts. And there's also loads of parallels that you can draw, I guess, to medicine Mm. as well on there. Mm. Mm. So there we are, two fairly rational human beings who work within the healthcare sector, who also believe in, uh, in the power of prayer and praying for people for healing. I love those two stories that Jemima shared, the one about the, the guy um, being miraculously healed from meningitis, but also the one about um, the, the young lady with the scars on her arms, like medically she was well, and yet Jesus wanted to restore that dignity and that, that, that from her past, like isn't that just beautiful and I think that really speaks to the reason why we pray for people for healing at the end of the day yes we want to see um, people's bodies being made well we want to see people living in fullness but above all we want to communicate God's love to that person so whenever we pray for anybody for healing almost if they get healed that's a bonus and I say that because the main objective when we pray for someone for healing is that they know and feel how much God loves them. And so what we're going to be doing with the rest of our time here is we're just going to talk about, very simply, how we go about doing this. Um, and we'll, kind of, we'll, we'll touch on some of the kind of theology of it along the way, if that's okay.
Um, but in the vineyard movement, we've been praying for healing for uh, like 25 years, 30 years or so. And so what we've kind of developed is like five really simple steps when you want to pray for a person. Now, these are not magic words. The, uh, the aim here is not to make your prayer for healing more successful. The idea is to give you confidence so that when you go to pray for someone, you're not kind of like, ah, where do I start? Well, these are just five really, really simple ways that you can just make a start and have a go. We are going, does, it, is it, does anybody, has anybody come this morning with any pain or anything that they would like some prayer for? Oh yeah, go on Claire. Are you feeling brave? Do you want to come sit in a stool? Well done Claire. Uh, so, by the way, welcome. Welcome to the 20%. Here we are. This is the 20% that didn't get written. So, um... Thank you for coming up. Um, so let's pretend that I don't know anything about you and that I've just approached you out of nowhere. Um, and so the first step when I'm uh, coming to pray for Claire is I'm going to ask, where does it hurt? Um, and, but because I'm a decent human being and I don't know Claire, it's just manners to say, hi, I'm Daniel. What's your name? Hi, I'm Claire. And then you have to remember her name because there is nothing worse than getting to praying for her and going, Lord, I just want to pray for my sister. What was her name again? Done that so many times. So try and remember Claire's name um, and then simply just ask her, well, where does it hurt? Uh, my left shoulder. Your left shoulder hurts. Okay, so there we are. Um, and it's worth also asking at this stage um, what Claire would actually like me to pray for her for. Now that might seem like a really obvious question because here we are and she said her left shoulder hurts but Jesus did this when he went to pray for people for healing. You know, there's one story about a blind guy who came to him and it would have been very obvious that this guy was blind. The blind guy was brought to Jesus and Jesus asked him, what would you have me do for you? And, you know, it's obvious, like Jesus, the dude wants to have his sight restored, but Jesus respected the man's dignity and actually asked him, what would you like me to do for you? And so it's the same with Claire. So it might be that actually Claire wants to sleep, that the shoulder is disturbing her sleep and the problem is that she's not sleeping. So I might say, oh, hello, what's your name? Claire. Oh, hi, Claire. Her name is Claire. Um, and what's, how can I pray for you? Um, I've got pain in my left shoulder. Oh, my goodness. Are you okay? Like, how has that been disturbing your life? It's just, it's just annoying and it can you say it's really disturbing my sleep? Oh, okay. It's really disturbing my sleep. Oh, no, it's really disturbing my sleep. So, so now I'm kind of just kind of gaining some idea of how I can pray for Claire. So that's the next thing uh, is, as, uh, oh, no, the next thing is why does it hurt? So wh why, why is your shoulder hurting? Um, I don't know, but the physio says that I've got some weird condition that um, makes my shoulder hurt. Okay, so she's got some weird condition. The doctors don't really know why her shoulder hurts. Now, when I'm asking Claire why her shoulder's hurting, yes, I'm listening to Claire, and I'm absolutely respecting her and giving her dignity, but I'm also listening to the Holy Spirit. Because as we said last week, the Holy Spirit likes to speak to us, and my objective here is to bless Claire, and that Claire feels loved. And so it might well be that I might get a little picture in my head or a little word. I might get a little instinct in my heart that, that maybe Claire's shoulder is hurting because she's maybe carrying some of her anxiety in a physical manifestation on her body like has anybody ever experienced that when we're walking through some some poor mental health that we'll actually feel it in our bodies somewhere so sometimes that can be the case can't it so it might be that that if I'm listening out to the Holy Spirit I might be able to just sense that there's actually maybe some kind of mental aspect that's making Claire's shoulder I don't know maybe that's the case might be that the physios know exactly what's wrong with her shoulder but in this case they don't so it could be that we're actually bringing some insight into Claire's condition here as we pray for her. Um, so that's number two, um, why does it hurt? And the third one is, how should I pray? So that's really for me to, dis 
to, to kind of figure out how should I pray for Claire right now. And one of the things that we learn from Jesus and, and how he prayed is that it actually helps to keep it really, really simple. On your tables, you will find in amongst the plants, there's a little slip of paper. Can somebody confident grab that slip of paper and very loudly read out what it says on that slip of paper? Those are examples of when Jesus prayed for someone to be healed. So someone on this table, can you just read out what that slip of paper says? Then he said to the man, stretch out your hand. So he stretched it out and it was completely restored just as a sound as, just as, sound as the other. Very good. So Jesus goes to pray for a dude with a, kind of, with a hand like this, and he just says, stretch out your hand. That's what he said. So just a couple of words there. What have you got? When he had gone indoors, the blind man, men came to him, and he asked them, do you believe that I am able to do this? Yes, Lord, they replied. Then he touched their eyes and said, according to your faith, let it be done to you. There you go. According to your faith, let it be done to you. Do you believe I can do this? Just a couple of words. Very, very simple. What have we got over here? But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, get up, take your mat and go home. Then the man got up and went home. Very good. He said, get up. Simples. Couple of words. So it tends to be, and I do this, when I pray for someone for healing, I'll, I'll be like, thank you, Lord, for Claire. Thank you that you love her. Thank you for all of the ways that you've blessed her in the past. Thank you that she's here today, and we just want to pray for her. So I'm, I'm giving it loads of words. And the reason I'm doing that is because I'm not necessarily comfortable in my own authority to ask for Claire's shoulder to be healed. Now, Jesus, because he spent so much time with God the Father in knowing who he was and why he was here, he had so much confidence in that authority that he could just say to Claire's shoulder, be well, and then he'd crack on with the rest of his day. And now, I personally don't operate in that level of kind of comfort and authority. So when I'm praying for Claire, really, really it's for me, isn't it? It's for me to kind, of, to kind of remind myself that I have authority. Now, that's okay. I'm trying to get to a place where I am that, like, at one with God, and that I am so confident in my authority that I could just say to Claire, your shoulder be healed and that's the end of it not there yet it's okay not to be there um, but let's just take Jesus words as an, ex as an example as something to head towards just keeping it really simple because it's not our magic words that does anything it's God's power flowing through us um, and the fourth thing to do is to get on with it to pray for the person um, and oh I did I did write a few things down that I forgot to say here. Before we pray for anybody, it's worth us just bearing in mind a couple of really quick things that, number one, anybody can pray for healing. You don't have to be special. You don't have to have, like, you don't have, to have had a really good week with God. That If you want to bless someone and show, show someone God's love, you can do that. But one thing we do ask for within this church is that boys pray for boys and girls pray for girls. Just because it's kind of, you're maybe in a particularly vulnerable situation. And obviously, if you're going to be laying your hands on someone, it's just a good idea to have you know, boys praying for boys and girls praying for girls. We've slightly violated that rule here, but I think we're all accountable, so we're okay. But also, the final thing to say is that consent is really, really important, and respect is really, really important. And so at every stage of this, that I'm going to be thinking about respecting Claire and, and for her consent as well. So that's it. So we're going to start praying for her, and we're going to keep those in our minds. Um, and so the first thing we're going to do is I'm going to put my hand on Claire. I'm going to say, do you mind if I just pop my hand on your shoulder? Is that okay? So you can pop it on the affected area if that's appropriate. I think we can all use our imaginations of times when that would not be appropriate, but let's just not go there. Um, if it's appropriate, just pop your hand on the area that's affected. And then the other thing to do is to keep your eyes open. 
as you're praying. I quite often see people closing their eyes, and the thing is that what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be asking for the Holy Spirit to come and move. I'm not doing anything here. All I'm doing is asking to partner with God for Claire's shoulder to be healed. So I'm going to keep my eyes open, and I'm going to see if anything's going on. Um, Because if I shut my eyes, I might be praying something, and something I pray, just kind of coming through, it might actually really land with Claire and I might be able to see something in her face she might start crying her eyelids might start flickering and I might miss that if I've got my eyes closed so I want to know that's another way I can know how to pray for you Um, and so I'm looking out for little clues like that and if you see that kind of stuff starting to happen you know you're on the money then and you can pray more for that thing so always keep your eyes open also they might go tumbling backwards and it's really good to be able to catch people when they're going to do that like praying for someone like this and then you open their eyes and they're just not there anymore oh they're on the floor oh very good uh quick note of warning though if you are brave enough to go and pray for somebody who doesn't believe in jesus on the streets they probably won't close their eyes and it is really i mean that really speeds your prayer up if you say oh, i would love to pray for you for your broken arm and they're like yeah go for it and you're stood there and they're like because of course they want to see like we Christians like yes close our eyes I don't I don't want to watch but like you're going to heal my arm amazing I want to watch like just to be just to kind of forewarn you that that might well be the case and that is very very intimidating um very good and then so I've asked for consent I can put my hand on your shoulder I know how I'm going to pray for you I've got my eyes open and then I'm just going to pause I'm going to wait to see if God wants to say anything in this moment Um, and the first thing I'm going to do is I'm just going to ask the Holy Spirit to come This is one of the oldest prayers in the Christian church is to just say, come Holy Spirit. And it's also a reminder to me that I'm not being a superhero here because I've got no magic powers. But this is the Holy Spirit coming and working through me to heal Claire. So I'm just going to say, come Holy Spirit. And we're just asking God to show up and do something. And then we're going to pray our best prayer. Um, And again, we're going to learn from what we learned earlier on. We're just going to keep it super simple. And remember that Jesus had no question about his authority in this department. He just spoke to it. So I might want to say, thank you, Father, for Claire. And thank you that you love her and that you want to heal her. And I just want to ask that in Jesus' name, your shoulder would be completely healed. And as I'm praying for her, I'm thinking, I kind of just, in my head, I've just got the word muscles knocking around. Now, that could be nothing, but it could be something. So I'm going to go for it. and just going to say, Lord... Would you just heal the muscles? Whatever's going wrong in the muscles in Claire's shoulder, just ask that you would just make it right. You would relax anything that's tight, that you would, that you would um, tighten up anything that's loose. Lord, you know what's going on in there, and we don't. So we just ask that you would bring Claire complete healing. And she also said something about her sleep, so we want to also pray for that and say, Lord, please would you, would you help Claire to sleep? Uh, would, it, would it not disturb any more of her sleep in Jesus' name? Okay, so we've done the four things. We've prayed. The final thing to do is to ask, Claire, Claire, how does your shoulder feel? Feels great. Does it feel good? Now, did it, now one thing I should have done is, did it hurt before? It was hurting over there, yeah, and it doesn't hurt while I'm sat here. Okay, so can you feel any improvement from before or after we prayed? It definitely feels better than when I was sat there looking at the screen. Okay, so we've got some improvement. Isn't that amazing? Anybody else excited about that? I'm, per- I'm personally quite pleased about that, okay? I'm sure Claire's quite pleased about that. Now, we've finished praying now, but there's a couple of things that we can do because we're basically going to get one of three results. Number one is that Claire is completely and miraculously healed. Fantastic. Let's all go and get a donut. The second thing that might happen is what's happened here is that Claire's experienced a small amount of, of healing. There's been an improvement. Isn't that amazing? 
Like, come on, can we not celebrate that there's some improvement? But also, when there is just a small amount of improvement, we can ask for more. So do you mind if I just pray for you again? Yeah? So I'm just going to pop my hand on Claire's shoulder again. And I'm just going to say thank you, Father, for what you've done. Thank you that you've brought some improvement. And we just want to pray for a complete restoration, a complete healing of, of Claire's shoulder. Lord, whether it's right now or as she goes away, we just pray that in the name of Jesus, this shoulder would be made completely well. Amen. How about now? Any, any kind of improvement? Give it, a, give it a wiggle and see what you think. I mean, it feels good. Well, that's I'm, not, I'm not joking, it does feel good, I mean. Well, isn't that amazing? I mean, isn't that amazing? Praise God. So, I mean, next week, come back and tell us how, how it was as you went about your week. But isn't that wonderful? Thanks, Claire. Do you want to go and sit back down? Give Claire a round of applause. That's wonderful. Um, just an encouragement to you guys that, that you know, Jesus on, a, on occasion had to pray for people twice as well. So we shouldn't take it that if we pray for someone once and they don't get healed that we should just go, oh well, never mind. It's okay to go again. Um, there's a really famous story um, which uh, Darren's going to pop up on the screen. Um, and it goes like this. They came to Bethsaida and some people brought a blind man and begged Jesus to touch him. He took the blind man by the hand and led him outside the village. And then he spat on the man's eyes and put his hands on him. Jesus asked, do you see anything? Now at this stage, let's not be awful Christians. Okay, can we all agree to not be awful Christians? Like, please don't go, oh yes, Jesus spat on his eyes. <laughs> of course he did. Like, no, guys, that is weird, isn't it? I mean, let's be really honest, that is pretty weird. And so let's not be weird Christians and just pretend that that's not weird, because it is. Just promise me you, don't, you won't spit on anyone's eyes, yeah? Let's keep it all above board. Jesus knew what he was doing. Full disclosure, I have no idea why Jesus did this, but apparently it worked. So let's just let Jesus kind of call the shots on this one. But guys, let's not be those awful Christians. Um, so anyway... Jesus prays for the guys. Very distracting mental picture. But then he looked up and said, so the blind guy says, I see people. They're walking around. It looks like they're trees walking around. Um, and once more, Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes. And the man's eyes were opened and his sight was restored and he could see everything clearly. So sometimes Jesus had to pray for people twice. So don't be discouraged if you do too. Uh, this takes humility. It's tempting to give up. Um, but also... Um, yeah, but I would say, just as a tip, like statute of limitations on three prayers. Like, if, if the person isn't being healed, then it's actually kind of, we're, we're straying out of the territory of that person feeling loved if we're praying for them again and again and again and again. Then it becomes about the result rather than about the person being loved. Um, so, just in the time we have left, I just wanted to talk really, really quickly about why we do sometimes see people healed and why we don't. And it simply is this, that as Emily unpacked for, unpacked for us on week one, when we do see people healed, that is a moment of heaven coming and being visited on earth. That one, We believe that one day there will be no more pain, no more death, no more crying or mourning. And what we're doing when we're asking for someone to be healed is literally we're asking to grab a bit of that future reality and bring it into the present. Um, and sometimes that's what happens. And sometimes it's not. We live in a moment in between Jesus winning a great victory and the time when that victory will be here fully. And so when it doesn't happen, that's simply all that it is. It's simply that we're not living in those days yet. And that can be really, really hard. It can be so hard when we're praying for people, especially when they're really suffering and we don't see healing, we don't see improvement. And so it's really, really important that we remember our primary objective when we're praying for someone to be healed is that they feel the love of God. 
The primary objective is not that they get healed, but that they feel loved. So what we're not going to do is we're not going to come up with our best answers as to why that person wasn't healed. That's not helpful and it's not loving. So we're not going to do that. If we pray for someone and they don't get healed, then we're just going to say, you know what? I don't know why you weren't healed today, but I do know that God loves you very, very much. I do know that you should keep taking your medication if the doctor's told you to keep taking medication. Um, and I do think that you should come back and ask again because we are encouraged to be persistent when we pray for stuff. So let's not make up reasons that's not loving. Let's not tell people they're deficient or they're doing something wrong because it's not loving and it's not true either. The fact of the matter is sometimes we just don't know why people don't get healed. But we do know why sometimes people do. The thing we know above all else is that Jesus loves that person and that one day everything will be restored, everything will be made right and everything will be made new. And our job is to be humble and to seek God in the difference. Okay, that's all for this week. I hope that blessed you. If you've enjoyed this week's podcast, then please do share it with a friend. If you'd like to keep up to date with the podcast, consider subscribing. Also, if you'd like to get involved with what we're doing here in Gloucester, then all the details can be found on our website at gloucestervineyard.org. Mm-hmm.